0: everyone, and welcome to the Politically Incorrect podcast powered by VoterHeads.com. Well, our guest today is somebody who we know and love, and he's a frequent guest with us, that, of course, being Alan J. Steinberg, who f- served as an advisor to President George W. Bush, also was part of the Environmental Protection Agency, serving in Region 2, which consists, of course, of New York, New Jersey, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands. He's a New York-based political analyst who is a writer and a frequent radio and television commentator. He's also on the political science faculty at Monmouth University. He is Alan J. Steinberg. Alan, we have plenty to get to, so let's talk about the fall from grace of someone we both know, NBC Today Show host Matt Lauer. He's the latest to be gone after sexual harassment allegations. Your thoughts?
1: You know, it seems that every hour there is somebody else, either from the political world, the sports world, the entertainment world, who is the subject of a new complaint. And people ask, when is it going to stop? I don't think it should stop until we really remove all this uh, cancer of sexual, sexual harassment from the system. I think what it comes down to, is the fact that men in positions of power over others have uh, felt free to use pressure on uh, women uh, to uh, succumb to having uh, sex against their will or uh, the, they they resisted, but they found themselves in a worse uh, works, workplace situation. I think that's a terrible Damoclean sword for a woman to be under. And uh, the only way that it's going to stop is that men. No longer think that it will that their activities won't be revealed. They have to feel that uh they will be exposed and they will be hesitant to use the powers of their uh position or or office or uh, business executive uh to make uh women into a victim.
0: you know the um situation with lauer um no fewer than four publications, The Washington post and New York Times vanity fair and the new york post all uh are working on stories on Lauer. my guess is that nbc wanted to get ahead of the um of what could very well be a mountain of things come piling down on uh, Matt. so that's why the uh things with the uh, nbc happened quicker uh let's talk a little bit too about john conyers i believe John is not in. Uh, Congressman Conyers is not in Washington at this moment. He is back in Detroit. Uh, my guess is that sometime this week uh, he will be stepping down.
1: I would hope so. I'm really puzzled as to uh, one thing that uh, one of his uh, former aides said. Uh, the, there was a complaint from a woman who said how she walked into his office and he was standing around in his underwear and uh, others had seen the same. I headed two governmental agencies, and if I ever changed my clothing, I locked the door. And I don't understand why John Conyers couldn't lock the door when uh, he was uh, changing uh, into another outfit. and He would have been exposed for a few minutes uh, in his underwear. I, I think that that's I, this is a very serious uh, topic, but uh, to say something like that is almost farcical. I I think it's a shame. I, I know that Congressman Conyers has done good work. He's not the first legislative or executive branch official to have done good birth, but seeing his career go uh, down because of a sexual harassment charges. But sexual mm-hmm. harassment is a very serious matter, and it cannot be tolerated at all. And that's why the uh, harsh punishments have to be in place.
0: I absolutely, they may be that-
1: harsh, but they're well-deserved.
0: Right, you know, I was thinking of uh, in the Frankens case, right um if if they allowed me uh to dole out punishment, I think where Franken situation would be is I'd call a special election, a recall election, and allow the people of Minnesota to decide if they wanted to retain him as their senator or not, and forget the the routine of going through this draconian process that they have in, in Congress when it comes to uh, you know looking into the sexual histories of uh, you know the people in Congress I, I think that uh, allowing for a recall vote where the people decide the people who he represents decide whether they want him to represent him anymore or not I think is uh, I don't know it's kind of fair concept for my thought Your your thoughts on that
1: I don't agree with that, and uh, okay. the reason is you have so- someone like uh, Roy Moore.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: think the evidence against him is overwhelming. Right. But he's very likely to be elected in a few weeks. I think he may well win. And the idea that, well, he represents our values and uh, he will uh, implement uh, President Trump's agenda, that's no defense no. to his having been a, p- a pedophile, mm-hmm. to his having been a sexual predator on the young. And that allows an avenue for someone like Roy Moore to get away with it. Just go to the public, inveigh against people like Mitch McConnell and the uh, Washington mm-hmm. establishment, and you could have raped somebody, and you, you still can uh, get elected. I think that's too easy enough for uh, people in public life who have committed acts uh, that are sexually predatory.
0: Where do you, where do you stand on Frank in situation?
1: Well, I think he ought to resign too. I I know there will be an ethics uh, committee hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh in his case, uh well, uh, he's not a mayor culpa. I don't think that's enough. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that's enough. I think that uh we need to hear from him uh that uh unless you have the draconian punishment, the damoclean sword that if you commit an act of uh, sexually pred- sexually predatory act, you're going to be removed from public office. I think it's going to continue.
0: Well, it certainly didn't take long in NBC's situation with Lauer. I mean, that was, uh, you know, within about 24 to 48 hours um, they made that call. And um, so hopefully in D.C. they'll be able to make that call quick as well.
1: I'll tell you what bothers me about this situation. I don't want to sound crude or vulgar, so I'm watching very carefully how I state this. Mac Flower had a reputation of being very attractive uh, to women and that he was a womanizer and women were uh, succumbing to his charms. And uh, I have no problem with that. That's all voluntary. But the question is, if he was so successful in attracting women, why did he have to also be a predator? Uh, We've seen that in a few cases, and I'm puzzled by that. That's something I don't understand.
0: Mm -hmm. I am. I really don't I mean there we all know that there's been a history as you say of Matt being a womanizer but um you know how, whether he's taken it one step further clearly he has and um certainly NBC um felt that it was necessary to uh, let him go and I totally agree with the the policy there's no question about the only, it
1: the only thing I could the only thing I could see is that a man who charms a lot of women start to starts to think that he can have any woman he wants, mm-hmm. and if they resist, uh, he's going to uh, pressure them, and that is a very ominous form of uh, of sexual sexually predatory acts. It really is.
0: It is, and you know, just for those of you who are unaware, the Today Show brings in about half a billion dollars to NBC news department, and basically they are the biggest billing. Uh, the Today's show is the largest biller for NBC News. So um, when you're Matt Lauer and you're sitting atop the number one cash cow for NBC News, that's um, when they let you go. I can assure you that folks at Comcast Universal were, did not do that uh, without thinking about it.
1: No, it was not done lightly, and uh I also keep reflecting on the Charlie Rose situation mm-hmm. in that he was the, he seemed to be uh so suave and debonair he was the last person you would have suspected of uh being a sexual predator, and uh, that shows you that uh you have no idea who is or who isn't
0: right I mean, thinking about garrison Keeler, my god I mean exactly you know that that would not have that that's another name would not have. All right, I'm going to call upon you as a professor now, okay? Something you do very well. And that's to help people understand, as we talk about the tax bill, why the Republicans are trying to move this through via reconciliation as opposed to natural order, which is 60 votes.
1: This is a Republican Party uh, tragedy for two reasons. Number one, uh, they feel that they need a win not to gain uh, public advantage, not to gain a better footing with the electorate, but to satisfy their donors. This is going to damage the Republican Party badly in the election, the congressional elections, the House and Senate elections of 2018. But they feel that they have to come through to their donors, and that is a form of political prostitution that is uh, downright frightening. The other aspect is that they are basically telling Republicans like me who live in the Northeast to drop debt. They have to know that this tax program is going to uh, wreak po- uh, economic havoc with the Northeast. Uh, housing in the Northeast and uh, is very dependent on the deduction for real estate taxes because uh, real estate taxes are very high. Uh, And it is also dependent, uh, housing is higher in the Northeast, and it's dependent on an uh, an unlimited deduction for uh, interest payments. And when you are eliminating those deductions, you are really going to see uh, real estate values diminish in the Northeast. And when people find that their real estate holdings are diminishing in value, they will spend less money, they will invest less money, and the economy of their region will decline. And Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, uh, they're not economic illiterates. They have to know this. But I don't think they care. I think they've made a decision that, hey, uh, we're going to win seats outside the Northeast. Uh, we will maintain our majorities based on uh, winning elections outside the Northeast. But that means that uh, people like me who are uh, who are conservative, right-of-center Republicans that live in the Northeast, uh, they are uh, basically saying to hell with us.
0: Well, they're doing the same to California, and uh, the state of Washington, Correct. and um, a number of other you know states that um, are going to be Im- impacted by this. But not just that. I mean, this is this also impacts. This is, this is a terrible tax bill for women and for children,
1: and for professors and teachers.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're cutting back all kinds of things. I mean. It, We don't know yet if it's going to be taken out or put back in. Uh, But there's also the medical deduction, which is a huge uh, thing for people who are sick in this country to not no longer be able to deduct the medical, um, you know, have those medical deductions that sometimes are in the hundreds and thousands of dollars.
1: Absolutely. And the other uh, shocking factor, politically speaking, is the elimination of personal exemptions if mm-hmm. somebody has a uh, large family and that is uh, very much the case in the uh, world that i live in the orthodox jewish world right uh you will the find catholic orthodox world. jewish families or the right. catholic world you will see right. these families uh paying thousands more in income tax because you know, the argument is well we're doubling the standard deduction but that is going to be uh overshadowed by the limitation on uh, the uh, personal exemptions. Personal exemptions are $4,000 a person. Mm -hmm. If you have a large family, let's say uh, six to eight, uh, let's say it's an eight-member family, six children, Mm -hmm. Uh, you basically have $40,000 worth of subtractions uh, from income tax that are going to be removed, and you're going to substitute for that maybe a a, uh, $24,000 standard deduction. You still lose money.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I mean, this is I mean, they're not even hiding the fact that this is going to you know, that the donors, they need a win for the donors because the donors are saying, look, the money's going to dry up.
1: It's amazing how the dollar dominates uh, politics today. It is just incredible, both parties. But this is a case where on the Republican side, they're being blatant about it.
0: And and I I get a go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought.
1: They're 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 being blatant about uh, catering to the rich. And here was Donald Trump, who was running as a populist, protecting uh, working class individuals. And a lot of these working class individuals will stick uh, with him no matter what, even if he is doing their lives economic damage. It's incredible.
0: You know, coming up on December sixth, which is not that far away. the Government could very well shut down, and right. you know we've got a situation here where there's a lot of things that haven 't been finished yet, uh, including the chip situation for children um, the DACA situation a number of 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 major uh, issues that are floating about before the end of the year i don 't think what we want to see is a uh, is a um You know, a shutdown of the government. Do you think that we'll get a CR, a continuing resolution, to get us three months and kick the can down the road? Or will we have um, one of these high noon situations where there will be a blink and there will be a government shutdown?
1: I'm not sure. I think there possibly could be a government shutdown because Trump has an arrogance about himself where he thinks that he can persuade the public that a shutdown was due to the other side. And uh, he has a macho thing that, hey, I'm not going to be the one that gives in. So I'm not saying there will be a government shutdown, but it's very mm-hmm. possible.
0: But how – well, I know we're dealing with an, not necessarily a rational person here, but how can you have the White House, can you have Congress and the Senate and and not be able to – you know, get them to pass a CR?
1: I've seen it before. I saw it in the 1990s. uh, Mm -hmm. And by the way, in that era, Newt Gingrich was a dominant figure. I liked Newt. Right. I think that Newt had an – he was not out to cater to his donors. He had an ideology. People could agree or disagree with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was motivated by some ideals and principles, and uh, he was sincere in that. But he had a government shutdown because uh, he felt that he could take the risk and that Republicans uh, wouldn't be blamed. They were blamed, but it did not cost the Republicans their majority in the House or Senate. Uh, Obviously, uh, there are are consultants for uh, the White House, the various uh, congressional uh, key committees, and uh, the Speaker's Office, the uh, Senate Majority Leader's Office, who – Maybe saying, well, you can withstand the uh, bad impact of the shutdown. But who who knows where uh, this political impact will fall? I have a feeling that many more people would blame Donald Trump than Bill Clinton because Trump is so blatant in insulting people and uh, saying offensive things that he's become a very dislikable figure.
0: Well, and the Democrats at this point have the leverage. Oh, they do. So, they did you know, when
1: he when he talked about oh Nancy and Chuck aren't showing up and uh, mm-hmm. you know this infuriated him. This is not a way to negotiate. The man knows nothing about statecraft.
0: I, what I think is amazing is of course I mean look, we all know about things like these are, are more than likely photo ops, but um, to literally tweet yourself out of a out of a meeting is insane, and that's basically what happened.
1: Well, he is insane. I, I, an example of that I'm not t- trying to switch topics, but it's a behavior pattern of his was what happened with the uh, Navajo honorees this week.
0: Oh my God! I mean, there yes. was no
1: reason he had. There was no reason he had to bring Elizabeth Warren and his feud with her into this.
0: Right. And then
1: afterwards, I, I'll tell you when I listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders on television, I am sick. I mean, she just absolutely sickens me with some of her ludicrous defenses of uh this president but i i look look at that and i say how irrational it is of him he could have had a beautiful ceremony honoring the navajos and right. it would have enhanced him publicly instead he wants to prove how politically correct he can be and he bling he brings elizabeth warren and uh her uh his uh, smear word pocahontas into it right it was stupid but I do not think – look, this is a man who was elected president because of quirks in the Electoral College. Right. He lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton, and that is something that cannot be forgotten.
0: Well, the other thing that can't be forgotten, he actually finished third because there was about 100 million people who didn't vote. Um, Clinton beat him by 3 million, and he won the Electoral College. So if you want to be accurate about it, he, he finished third.
1: Well, that's one way of looking for it, but uh, right. I don't—I usually don't take it that far. But no, I, I'm just—I'm just, I I'm just saying. If
0: you want, my point being this, not that it was more of a—a flippant a thing. President. It, it was—it right. wasn't—it wasn't like he came in with a mandate.
1: No, he has no mandate at all. That's the point. When you don't win the majority of the popular vote, you don't have a mandate.
0: Right. And uh, others have done it, and um, things work out, but uh, not so much. Let's uh, let's downshift a minute and um talk a little bit about sports and the National Football League. Uh having some uh grow you know pains here. We have Jerry Jones, we have a number of folks uh wondering, you know, what happens next in the National Football League. And you have an interesting um take on that. And uh, and why don't you share with us about uh, what's going on from a shift from the NFL to the NBA.
1: I think that uh, that there was a good article in uh, New York Magazine this week. I apologize that I forgot who the author was. But it talked about the uh, the end of the NFL. I don't think we're approaching the end of the NFL, but we're definitely in a period of decline. And the article made the same point I've made, that the NBA is the rising sport. If you look at uh, the stars that the American public identifies with today, Mm -hmm. They're predominantly from the NBA, people like Stephon Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, the big stars were in baseball, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. Uh, I remember 1955, my first year following baseball, there was a commercial on TV with Johnny Antonelli, a former pitcher from the New York Giants. He had been the star of the Giants when they won the pennant and World Series in 1954, the former New York Giants, now the San Francisco Giants and uh he was the person uh, from the polo grounds in the commercial. Uh now the athletes who are the stars, the star quality are in the world of uh basketball and that is really propelling the NBA but there there's another factor. Your best athletes more and more will, who have uh, futures as professional athletes will go into the NBA rather than professional football because the risk of injuries is so high. So, I you know, my my son, I've mentioned this before. When he was in high school, the football coach came over to him and said, you're going to grow into a football build. Well, he eventually did. It was after he graduated from high school. And I was always thankful that that was the case because he, he wanted to play football. And I would have been scared to death every game that he would be seriously injured. I think parents are going to tell their children, if you want to play a sport, play basketball. There's less of a chance of a crippling or a disabling for life injury.
0: Right. Um, you know, it's um I think that, you know, there's there's an old saying and that is basketball is a contact sport and football is a collision sport. And I think that's that, a very uh, wise
1: saying, yes. You know,
0: I think that's the way that you look at it. Your your chances of getting injured on a basketball court are you know, they're there, but it's usually leg injuries. Um, and it's usually because of uh, you know, you cut one way and your ankle goes the other, but uh, Seldom is it the head type injuries or the debilitating injuries that uh, we're seeing with CTEs and all the other situations with the head trauma that, that's happening in the national football league.
1: That's absolutely correct. And uh, we have that picture this season. Uh, we have a number of uh, NBA stars like Gordon Hayward, uh, D'Angelo Russell, of the Brooklyn nets who have mm-hmm. uh, fallen victim to uh, leg injuries, but number one, they can come back. And number two, it's not disabling or crippling to their lives or their mental facilities, but you have a situation now with one of the great quarterbacks of NFL history, Terry Bradshaw, who lives with the fear that uh, he may eventually uh, get some form of dementia because of uh, collision injuries he suffered. And he's well, yeah. not alone in that.
0: No, I was going to say there's a, there's a number of people who are, you know guys that are quitting at an earlier age and just saying, you know, look, uh, I understand what's going on, but you know it's definitely something we got to be aware of. So, I'll tell you what, let's uh let's take one last uh, swing here at um what will you be looking for coming in the uh next week as far as politics, both uh, national, local and anywhere you wish to chat about it.
1: Well, these are the last two weeks of the uh, Roy Moore campaign. And mm-hmm. I have no handle as to whether he will win or lose. But uh, number one, I'm looking at the fact that Steve Bannon will be campaigning for him and whether that will be a positive or negative in terms of uh, Roy Moore. If Steve Bannon campaigns for him and Roy Moore loses, that is going to be a tremendous blow to the prestige of Steve Bannon. That that may be a, a crippling or disabling political injury to him. So that's what I'm looking at. Uh, the other uh, factor is uh, how much is the National Democratic Party going to put into the race? Uh, how many of their stalwarts are going to go down to Alabama? The problem is that Alabama, politically speaking, is somewhat maverick. And to send a northerner down there to campaign could uh, backfire and be counterproductive. But it is a winnable race, and the DNC has to be very careful as to exactly how they're going to approach it.
0: I think you're right. I think that um... – there are certain de- members of the Democratic Party who uh, could go down there and and give some cover. But uh, Alabama's uh, the number one topic in Alabama is abortion. And um, that's the litmus test that they um, try, have been tried and true with regard on how they handle it. And uh, that's something where Roy Moore... Um, it, I you know, I, I I there's I can't even say that I that it's so hard for me to even fathom that Roy Moore could possibly win, but yeah, he could possibly win. Um I if I had to bet because on, of that. he
1: will win, but I wouldn't bet. <laughs>
0: good plan. I've
1: learned never to bet on politics.
0: That's a that's a good plan.
1: Or anything else for that matter.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Only for uh only for in you know, entertainment purposes only, not uh, not for any gaming right. situations. Um. Anyway, why don't you give us your social media and where we can find your fine stories? Which I I had, a, I um, uh, I recommend people really get a chance to read your story yesterday. Uh, the one that you posted on New Jersey. It's a uh, it's a phenomenally well written piece.
1: Well, thank you. That was a piece about the 1968 election. And mm-hmm. how had uh, Governor uh, Dick Hughes been selected as Hubert Humphrey's running mate instead of Ed Muskie, mm-hmm. I think that Hubert Humphrey would have won that election. And I think that Governor Hughes, who was one of the greatest governors in New Jersey history, mm-hmm. uh, would have been the natural successor to Humphrey uh, after he would have completed two terms. And I think Humphrey would have completed two terms because uh, he would have been president, not Nixon. We would have had a more rapid withdrawal from Vietnam, no Watergate, no polarization. Mm -hmm. Uh, like we encountered uh, during the next years.
0: So where can we find... My social uh, social
1: media, I'm sorry. My social media, you can uh, find me on Twitter at uh, at sign A Steinberg 613. And the name is Alan, A-L-A-N Steinberg. My Facebook uh, postings are under Alan, A-L-A-N, Joel, J-O-E-L Steinberg. And you can read my articles on insidernj.com.
0: Let's talk to Carl McAllister, one of the founders of our new sponsor, VoterHeads.com. Now, Carl, welcome, and let's talk about your awesome new website and how it allows people to get involved in government, something our listeners very much enjoy doing.
2: Well, yeah, thanks, Jim, for having us on. Um, Yeah, so – I've been working with uh you know with local government uh cities and counties for for well over a decade now uh and uh as a result uh, as i'm sure like a lot of your users or a lot of your listeners who are uh, politically active uh I've attended a lot of council meetings as a result um and uh Jim, i don't, have you attended many council
0: meetings in your area i've attended more than i can count.
2: Uh... <laughs> Right and I mean and for you I mean how many people usually end up showing up especially if you think of it as a percentage of the populace
0: I think you know one of the things is that over the last 6 to 8 months yeah. uh I think what we're seeing is a trend of people wanting to know more about government yeah. in general and specifically yeah. what's going on locally so I would yeah. say that you know back in the day when three or four people would show up uh, <laughs> right yeah you know that's changed drastically and we're now yeah. getting you know um a more active and a more sensitive and a more politically mm-hmm. in tune audience and i think that's that's a good thing
2: i i i concur completely yeah uh you know when i started out you yeah. know yeah, we we had the uh the three to four regulars and and as uh uh we we say in south carolina you know bless their hearts uh they'd always come and they you know a, a number of them would would like to speak every month and and have some great new idea for the for the city mm-hmm. or what 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 great thing they could do um but outside of those 3 to 4 people the only people who would show up would be you know a developer who had their you know building permit coming up or something mm-hmm. like that um and you know but it, you know at the same time, you know this is the place where you know you know a good portion of your taxes are being collected and decided upon mm-hmm. uh for a lot of us, this is where our water and even electric rates are being decided uh mm-hmm. whether that you know uh, new big box retailer is coming near your house uh you know just near enough that you're happy about it or too near that you're unhappy about it is being decided uh, the you know the the things that are being discussed as far as homelessness immigration this is where the streets this is where the rubber meets the road for mm-hmm. for most of our uh the things that are directly impacting us versus the things that you know may impact us in the future, but you know nobody was showing up and and you sit in enough of these and you think, <laughs> you know man, there's gotta be a better way to do this uh and so and that's that's really where betterheads started from uh just kind of being in enough council meetings where i'm thinking you know people aren't showing up and you know uh at least most of the time right and the only times they do show up is when something is uh was sensational enough that uh, the local newspaper or or tv channel brought it up uh Mm -hmm. and then you know there were 150 people right all standing in line all 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 mad and uh, all wanting the same the same thing uh and uh you know at the same time the the council people are going you know guys you know (laughs) we've been here this is the third hearing of this thing uh we've been talking about this for a month and a half uh so you got frustrations on both sides and so just looking at that and going you know how can we make this process easier? And so that's kind of where we started from in looking at this. And you know, and one of the reasons that we can pay so much attention to the federal and, and the state level is that uh, the tools that are out there for us. As citizens to use, right? You can go to the state website, mm-hmm. you can go to the the government website, and you can sign up for things to pay attention to what bills are being passed, sure. uh, what your local legislators doing, stuff like that. Uh, but there really isn't something like that for local um, for you to have. I mean, some of the you know your city website may have a place where you can sign up and get the the agenda. The county place then has a separate site. The school board, of course, has a third site, and you know if you've got any commissions that are independent, you know, <laughs> you know, help got help. You. Uh, you know, you've got five or six different, you know, 30 page reports every month, uh, sure. you know, maybe two or four times a month that you're having to read through to try to figure out what's happening. So that's where we kind of start from is what, you know, what if we can kind of take out some of those pieces that are in the agenda and really break it down? Because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I live in the uh, oh, wonderful city of Columbia, South Carolina. It's 150,000 people, it's, you know, 13 square miles or something like that. You know, I, Theoretically, sure, I care about the bar <laughs> being brought up, you know, in the neighborhood on the other end of town. But you know, I really don't want to know about it. Uh, but I do care about if my city council is talking about doing a curfew uh, or you mm-hmm. know, limiting uh, or talking about what to do with the homeless situation. Uh, and so that's you know, that's mm-hmm. something where I, I am interested and in, I want to know about it. So that's where we start from the idea of let's let's start collecting these agendas. Let's start breaking down what they're talking about into the the various topics or or passions as we like to call them on the site uh, and start tagging those so that that way you have one place that you can go to uh, that you can say, hey, you know, I'm you know, I live in uh, Philadelphia and I care, you know, and I've got, uh, but my parents live up in Reading, uh, Pennsylvania. And Mm -hmm. I I want to, you know, I want to keep track of what's happening up there because, you know, I'm helping take care of their house and I care about, you know, some you know, some neighborhood type issues uh, up there. And then, you know, down closer to me, I care about you know uh you know all sorts of things whether it's taxes or the parks or or homeless or whatever and so that way i can sign up for those various pieces uh and uh instead of getting this you know 30 pages of stuff i'm actually getting alerted that hey here's some meetings coming up and out of those here's some things we think that match your uh, the, the stuff that you that you care about, and so that's that's what we started doing, and we started doing that here in uh, in Colombia uh, several years ago, and then uh, last year finally got to the point where
0: uh, we figured out how to you know how to make it work so we could do it nationally. That sounds cool. I mean, and the bottom line is this: look, the late great Speaker of the House Thomas Tip O'Neill once yeah. said that all politics is local, and <laughs> yeah. um, one of the things we found uh, in the most recent election, of course, that was the the election um, uh, for a governor in the state of Virginia and the state mm-hmm. of New Jersey. Those were the big uh, top-of-the-ticket concepts, but there, that that particular November election proved to us that people now more than ever have decided they want to get engaged. They want to mm-hmm. get involved with government. And they're doing it on a local level and, you know, state level at record yeah. paces. And I think that, um, you know, what you're talking about gives an algorithm and, a, and reports that become very, very crucial to those who want to get involved in government uh, from the standpoint of as an activist, as someone who's going to say, you know what, I've sat in the sidelines too long, and now I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. I either want to get involved in government and run for something, or I want to mm-hmm. get involved with government and and try to make this uh, issue the issue that I really care about and it's happening exactly. it's happened for years as you say we've all been to these meetings we know that it's been mm-hmm. happening for years but uh, suddenly we have an engaged um electorate and i think yeah. that uh, that's not a bad thing and as we move forward give me some examples of some of the hot button items or issues that you're seeing as you just launched this new outstanding service
2: sure so uh you know i obviously one of the things most currently in the news is are all the uh reports of sexual harassment coming up mm-hmm. and you know all, of course governments always a little bit behind that curve uh but you know we are starting to now see things you know that first activity around uh communities trying to figure out how to address that um uh, one thing, you know, just this, this, this week, L, uh, Los Angeles is talking about revising their sexual harassment policy. And, and interestingly from their standpoint, they're actually talking about having reports come back to council about how many complaints have happened over the last five years by department. And so that could be a very interesting result there uh, for the people of LA to find out uh, just, you know, how good or bad the, the city is doing. Uh, Alameda County is just uh, talking about actually implementing training for everybody to try to proactively head these things off. So, the, uh, you know, of course, mm-hmm starting on the west coast first we're starting to see the just the first activity coming. Uh another thing that's you know been uh there've been a lot of hot buns around of course is around uh discrimination, uh the, the black lives matter movement. Mm-hmm. Uh and so there's uh, there's a lot of things happening around there. Uh, you know Yakima Washington actually is one of the has a fascinating at least to to me as, <laughs> as the wonky person I am. Uh they've been working on a uh, ethics and equal rights exploratory committee. And so, as part of that, the city manager in the in the most recent meeting uh, last month uh, just put out a referendum mm-hmm. on you know whether to make it permanent. And it's you know it's one of those fascinating things where you see the the perspective of the city manager and the attorney who's trying to think of the legally, you know, what's legally doable versus what the committee wants to do. Right. And and so there's this whole, you know, and it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big read, uh, around what, you know, this conflicting thing, but between what the citizens and, you know, the, the people on the committee want to do, uh, and then, you know, at least the viewpoint of the, uh,  … of the you know, of the administration of, of what they think is actually practicable under uh, you mm-hmm. know, or, or under state law and how they're being potentially limited by state law to be able to do certain things uh, you know so there's some fascinating things happening out there on on that as well.
0: Let's talk about the website. And yeah. once we get to the website, how do we uh, navigate around it, and how do we find the issues that are um, most important to us?
2: Sure. Uh, so when you first come to the website, uh, you can right there start scrolling or start searching through uh, what uh, organizations we're currently monitoring. And you that's that VoterHeads.com,
0: uh, folks. VoterHeads.com is, yeah.
2: is the website. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so once you go to VoterHeads.com, uh, you can start searching by uh, zip code or by the your city or county name. Uh, we'll give you, of course, everything that matches. And then from a, from a standpoint of what we call your, your passions or your interests, uh, you can really just start doing a keyword search, and we we basically try to group everything together. So, for instance, if you start searching on Black Lives Matter, you'll get our discrimination cluster. Uh, and so that way, you know, even though we may not have the exact word, we hope we can get you pretty close, uh, or at least to the topic that you that you care about. Uh, and of course, if there is anything on there that uh, you don't see, uh, you can um, uh, you can uh, of course email us. Uh, you can also from there you can go to our voterheads.com slash interest and you can browse all of the different uh, I think it's about 250 different topics We have now that you can you can monitor through and you can even start browsing through them to see what's happening nationally So if you want to see what's happening uh, around sexual harassment You can go to voterheads.com interest and click on the sexual harassment link and uh, get a get a quick map and uh, view of What's happened over the last 30 days uh, in that subject and that, that goes the same for taxes or uh, LGBTQ Issues or uh, or gun rights slash gun control issues. Uh, all of those things are up there, and you can browse through them. Uh, but so once you uh, select your your your. Uh, places where you want to monitor and, and those things you care about, Yeah, you can sign up and uh, sign up with a username or password or sign up via Facebook login. And uh, at that point, uh, we'll start shooting you an email every Sunday that just lets you know, Hey, uh, here's what meetings are coming up for those organizations. And, and out of those meetings, here's the things that we found that we think match your, your passions.
0: And for those of you who are like me and Carl, very wonky, or if you're a major corporation and you want to find out what's going on uh, mm-hmm. you can take it to the next level right
2: yeah that's correct and so yeah we have a uh it, so what we want to do is really want to make this available to everybody so we make it free for you to monitor up to five organizations so again that i that uh scenario i talked about earlier of mm-hmm. a uh you know a uh a, 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 you know a, a person who lives in philadelphia maybe has parents up in reading you can monitor mm-hmm. your city county and school board down in philly and then monitor their city and county up in mm-hmm. reading uh, once you want more than five organizations that's where uh, you know nonprofits or uh, uh, or advocacy groups or uh, or corporate organizations uh, you can actually sign up to monitor statewide or nationwide and so uh, mm-hmm. we uh, you know we, we work with various mm-hmm. groups uh, that you know need to monitor you know environmental issues across the country or need to monitor you know um, communications issues uh, across the country as far as like telecom or, or cable uh, rights things like that.
0: Well, Carl, we really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to being part of your team. And uh, thank you very much for joining us and explaining what goes on at Voterheads. And And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we strongly recommend that you take the time to go out to VoterHeads.com and check it out. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, it's a very impressive way to follow what's going on. Uh, locally. And as Carl said, you can even catch up on what's going on nationally. So by all means, check it out. We very much highly endorse them and uh, we're happy to be part of the team. So Carl, thanks for uh, believing in us. And we certainly believe in what you're doing.
2: Thanks for having us, Jim. Yeah, we're excited to be part of uh, your podcast and, and really, you know, love the the, the depth of the topics that, that you bring uh, week to week. Uh, so look forward to listening to them as well.
0: Well, that brings to a close yet another edition of the Politically Incorrect podcast. Now, if for some reason you have not yet subscribed, remember it's free, and there are five places you can get us. You can get us at iTunes. You can get us at the Google Play Store. You can get us at Blog Talk Radio. If you have the Stitcher app on your phone, which many do, and you know there's a plethora of wonderful podcasts on on Stitcher, all you have to do is search on Stitcher and You'll find us, Politically Incorrect Podcast. Poof, up we go. Also, if like myself, you're one of the 125 million people who subscribe to the TuneIn app, either for your phone or for your tablet, again, just search the Politically Incorrect Podcast. It'll pop up there. Hit the favorite button. And every week, you'll get the Politically Incorrect Podcast delivered to your phone or to your tablet. Okay? So subscribe today. Five different platforms to get it easily done all right okay well let's uh thank of course alan steinberg for joining us as always alan's a lot of fun and he certainly brings a strong voice to his uh, his opinions on anything and all things politics also to our new sponsor the folks at voterhead.com that's voterhead.com and of course carl McCollister, who is uh, one of the founders we look forward to working with voterhead In the future. Okay. Until next time, I'm Jim Williams for everyone involved here at the Politically Incorrect Podcast. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend.